Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day podcast. Subscribe below if you have not already. Appreciate you guys being here. I know it's a Monday, which is never the most fun thing in the world, but what? in the heck is more fun than talking trades on a Monday, specifically Packer trades. And what I figured I would do today is go through some players who could potentially be traded throughout training camp or more likely during roster cutdowns. We see every year that a handful of players get traded from team to team. Sometimes it's a change of scenery trade. Sometimes numbers just don't add up and you want to get something of value in return for a player that you think you want to get ROI from rather than just releasing them and subjecting them to waivers, whatever it may be. Just because, you know, sort of that big free agent period and draft and kind of trade period is over with doesn't mean that there still can't be some moves. And I do think there are some moves that could, and I'll emphasize, could make sense for Green Bay through the remainder of this offseason before the regular season kicks off in September. Again, the majority of these would likely take place somewhere around that, you know, final roster cut down time. Probably not before then, probably not after then. Then the next batch would be maybe more towards the trade deadline where we'd look at it again. But these will likely come down the line a little bit. But let's start with number one. I'm not going to spend too much time on this one. A, because I just don't think it happens ultimately. B, because I spent a full episode on it already. So if you want to check that out, please feel free to do so. But that's David Bakhtiari. The circumstance here would have to be A, some team just becomes extremely desperate for a high-end tackle. B, Green Bay would have to get blown away in the trade. I think we've reached the point with this Packers team right now that they kind of like their team. They like the mix of the youth and the veterans that are on this team. I think they recognize that this is a team with some level of talent. If a couple things hit the right way, they could be a playoff contender. So I think they're pretty satisfied with kind of where this roster is at. Now, Brian Gutekunst is well you know, within his right to always say that this is a 365-day-a-year process and you're constantly looking at different transactions that can take place. And he would be ultimately foolish to look at, you know, to not listen to offer 
offers at all. I guess I'll put it that way. This is a massive contract next year for David Bakhtiari. This is a player that might not be and has sort of already been outspoken about, you know, maybe not being super thrilled with this sort of being a rebuild for Green Bay. So this is a player that if you really wanted to shift a couple of things, you could maybe make sense of it. The Chiefs are still the team that makes the most sense to me that could easily use a veteran high-end left tackle that could you know play at a high level. This could be Green Bay's or David Bakhtiari's last year in Green Bay, which could make it that Brian would have to ultimately consider a trade in that situation and circumstance. On the flip side, I don't think they really want to break up David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on that left side. And I really do think that they would ultimately like David Bakhtiari, you know, covering for Jordan Love's blind side on that left side. And you could make an argument that if there's one opportunity for something on this team to be very special, you can make the argument that it's the left side of that offensive line with Bakhtiari and Jenkins. So I ultimately don't see this being the case. What it would take for it to happen, I think A, they'd have to feel really, really good about Zach Tom and Yash Nyman, not just maybe for this season, but maybe for the foreseeable future. Like they are like, we're going to resign Yash long-term. We think he's a long-term tackle for us. They feel like Zach Tom is their long-term left tackle. They would probably have to feel pretty good about both of those players at left and right tackle respectively. And I think there'd have to be at least one of the other ones, whether it be Caleb Jones, whether it be Luke Tenuta, whether it be Rashid Walker, one of those three, they'd have to feel good enough that, hey, we feel like they can actually be a pretty good swing tackle and start if needed to right now. If Green Bay felt great about Nyman, great about Tom, and really good about one of those other three, then maybe you can at least, you know, sense why Green Bay would be more willing to do something like that. At the end of the day, I don't think it's super likely. Maybe more towards the trade deadline for this one, if Green Bay is struggling at that point and aren't piling together wins and they start to get the feel that David Bakhtiari is not going to be back based on his salary, but he's healthy and maybe he wants to go to a contender, I think that's the time where it would potentially make some more sense. At this point, I don't see it happening, but you can't rule it out entirely, which is why he's on this list. Number two on my list is the same position. And that's Yash Nyman. And this, once again, they'd have to be blown away. Some of those same aspects, like clearly Bakhtiari's totally healthy. They feel like Zach Tom is going to win the right tackle spot. And they feel good, at least about one of the others, Caleb Jones, Luke Tenuta, or Rashid Walker as one of the swing tackles. Or maybe it's just that they want to keep all five of those guys, right? Bakhtiari and Zach Tom, Caleb Jones, Luke Tenuta, Rashid Walker, and feel like, hey, we can actually move one of those players. And Yash Nyman, outside of Bakhtiari and probably Zach Tom, is probably the guy that gets the most in return. And I don't think we should underestimate just how desperate teams can be for starting caliber offensive tackles, any offensive lineman, but specifically offensive tackles. They are very hard to find. The fact that Yash can play left tackle or right tackle, the fact that he has starting you know snaps in this league, like there is value for that type of player. He does not have a big contract at all. He's on a very small contract. He will be an unrestricted free agent next year, which is why Green Bay could consider something like that. But again, if they feel good about the rest of their offensive line group, specifically at offensive tackle, they feel like they can get something in return. And maybe they realize that they're not going to resign Yash Nyman next year, that some other team is going to give him a long-term deal that's just going to be outside of their price range. Then you could look at why that would make the most sense and try to get as much return on investment right now for all the time, effort, and energy that you've put into Yash Nyman up until this point. So 
Again, I think it would take an overpay from some team. I, I don't think if, you know, some team is saying like, hey, we'll give you a conditional seventh round pick. I think Green Bay is just going to laugh and hang up. But if some team's willing to part with a top 100 pick or something like that for a what they deem as a starting caliber offensive tackle, maybe they're going to give him a big long-term deal to stay with the team and Green Bay gets something of real value in return. Like, heck, just go with Bakhtiari as your left, Zach Tom as your right. And, you know, let's see what Rashid Walker, Caleb Jones, Luke Tenuta can do as backups in that situation. So those are the first two. And again, I think it would take something that would at least really catch Green Bay's eye in some sort of premium top 100 selections. Bakhtiari, I think, would take at least a second round pick. But if they don't get something like that or some team just comes calling with some weak offer, I think both of those would be completely off the table. Number that I guess the next group that I'll go over is there's some sort of injury that happens to another team and they feel like they need to fill a void and they start calling around. And number one on this list is Darnell Savage. Now, Savage's contract is extremely non-tradable at this point. All right. He's got almost, I think it's right around $8 million in guaranteed money that would transfer entirely to the next team. Now, there are some things that Green Bay could potentially do to make that a little bit more feasible. They could change some of that guaranteed base salary into signing bonus. And what that would do would make Green Bay take on that, you know, like they could take on half of that salary cap. They could do that immediately. So if some team is like, hey, both of our starting safeties went down in preseason and tore their ACLs, we need to get a starting safety. Hey, you know, let's call Green Bay and see if, you know, Darnell Savage might be available. He had a really great year in 2020. He's a former first round pick. Green Bay's probably willing to trade him for pennies on the dollar because of the contract. Some team that might be strapped against the salary cap and some team that may just not want to, you know, part with, you know, premium draft picks that could be somewhat enticing to them. This is a player that's played a lot of snaps in this league as a starter. And you could easily make the argument that the reason that Darnell Savage has gone downhill in the last couple of seasons is because he hasn't fit the system quite as well. That last season, 2020, in you know, Mike Patton's system, he played really well that season. Then Joe Barry comes to town he played in 2021, 2022, doesn't fit him quite as well. And those are the two worst seasons that he's had as a pro. So there maybe, you know, maybe Mike Patton's in, you know, Minnesota and saying, hey, you know, Harrison Smith went down with an ACL. I really trust my guy, Darnell Savage. He played great for me in 2020. Let's make something like that happen. Now, would Green Bay be willing to trade him to Minnesota? I don't know. That's become a little bit, little less taboo. As of late, we've seen TJ Hawkinson go to Minnesota in a trade from Detroit. We've seen Green Bay and Minnesota make draft day trades so that Green Bay could select Christian Watson. The Vikings and the Lions have made draft day trades as well. So again, that hasn't been as much of a, you know, you just can't trade within the division sort of thing. But what, whatever it's team that it is. If all of a sudden their starting safeties go down, the other thing here is that Green Bay would have to feel confident in their other safeties. Maybe Savage just hasn't lived up to expectations, or maybe some team is willing to take on the vast majority of that contract. And they're just like, all right, we have to do this. Maybe it's Tavarius Moore and Rudy Ford that ultimately, you know, feel like they're really good and can start. Maybe Anthony Johnson Jr. and Ennis Gaines uh, step up. Who knows? But whatever it is, if they feel like Savage is tradable and some other team is in need of a starting safety, that's another one that could hit. And I'll just bring back memories of HaHa Clinton Dix, right? Now, Clinton Dix's best seasons were better than Savage's best seasons. Clinton Dix had a legitimate all-pro season. I went back and watched that one, by the way, afterwards to be like, was that really an all-pro season or was it just fool's gold? Because he fell off immediately after that year. It was a really good season by Ha. I don't think it was all-pro worthy. It was a weak season for safeties, 
but it was a good season by Ha Ha Clinton Dix, a very good season. So I'm not going to take anything away from him. Savage has not had that type of deal, but sometimes when you have a guy that's a former first round pick that has had success in the league with a lot of starting snaps, some teams willing to take a flyer on that, especially if they're desperate based off of injury. So wouldn't be completely shocking, but a little bit unlikely based on the contract. Number two on this list is another interesting one, and that's A.J. Dillon. Once again, I think it would take a injury to another team's starting running back, or they like, we need somebody that can be really good. They look at A.J. Dillon's tape and say, hey, when this guy actually gets to be the guy, he's been pretty darn good. It's when he has to be the secondary guy and just get a handful of snaps here and there and doesn't get into a rhythm. That's where he's maybe not quite as good. But if some team is willing to make him the guy because of some injuries at their running back position, that could work really, really well. This is another situation where he's in the last year of his deal. And if Green Bay does not feel like they are going to dedicate resources to him in 2024 to re-sign him, then you want to get something back in return for him right now. And if I think the other thing that would have to take place here is it would probably take a Tyler Goodson or a Lou Nichols to be really, really, really good that they feel confident with Aaron Jones and at least one of those other running backs. Maybe Patrick Taylor, they feel ready is like, hey, you know, Dylan's good, but like Patrick Taylor is B to B minus, maybe even B plus AJ Dillon, like just a, a step below, but you can kind of do the same things. Maybe they're like, hey, Taylor and, and Jones can be one and two. And then we really feel good about Tyler Goodson getting some snaps as well. It would take some of those running backs stepping up and playing really, really well in training camp and in preseason to impress everyone else where they would feel comfortable moving on from AJ Dillon. But again, it's that last year of the deal thing. Some other team has maybe an injury at running back is willing to trade a pick for Dillon. Green Bay is ready to move on from them because they're not going to resign them next year. It would take some sort of spiral like that. But if some of those things hit at the same time, maybe it could make some sense and maybe Green Bay gets something to return for Dylan now rather than seeing him leave an unrestricted free agency next offseason. Hey, everybody. Here on the Packaday podcast, we're all about look good, play good. And that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And then the third one, and I, I should say too, like some of these trades, are, I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to get anything like massive in return, but number three is, is Pat O'Donnell. You could, A, first of all, have a scenario where Daniel Whelan just wins the job outright and some other team, maybe they're just punters shanking it all over the yard in preseason and training camp, et cetera, or they have an injury at the punter position. Maybe their punter, you know, punts in the third preseason game and the other players returning it and he tries to make a tackle and separates his shoulder. Who knows? Crazier things have happened, but they are in need of a veteran punter. Maybe it's a team that's really legitimately fighting for a playoff spot and they don't want to go with just some random undrafted free agent or unproven punter. Panel Donald's been in this league for a while. He's a veteran. He can hold on kicks really well. And if Green Bay felt like Daniel Whelan was at least in the same conversation as Pat O'Donnell and some teams willing to offer some conditional seventh round pick in a couple of years, maybe you consider it in that situation. So that'd be another one. If some other team it, you know, has some sort of injury issue and Green Bay doesn't feel like there's a huge difference there, maybe they take some sort of conditional seventh in return for Pat O'Donnell. The next group of players is like basically somebody else on the Packers roster steps up and there's some interest from some other team around the league. The first one here is Josiah DeGuara, and you might be sensing a theme here. The vast majority of these players are players who are in the last year of their contract, and Green Bay may have a difficult decision of even retaining them next year or not, and if they want to go in that direction. Josiah DeGuara, you can make an argument right now that as a like tight end, he might be number four, and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft are going to get a lot of snaps inherently. Tyler Davis has had a really nice start to his offseason, and he is a more traditional tight end who's a better blocker, and Green Bay's going to need a better blocker in there more often than not than what Josiah DeGuara is. Josiah DeGuara, more that H-back, fullback, kind of move around sort of guy, but he hasn't really proven himself over the last couple of years. He's had a torn ACL already, but he has been a third round pick. Maybe it gets to the point, maybe a Kyle Juszczyk goes down in the, you know, for the 49ers and like, oh, well, we'll take a Josiah Deguara. He can do some of the same things. Or maybe some other team is just looking for that Swiss Army knife sort of player on offense that can be moved around in all those different spots. And Green Bay feels like, hey, we're not going to resign them next year anyway. We'll take something in return. Maybe it's, again, a seventh round pick or a conditional seventh. Who knows? Maybe it's some sort of you know player in return. Maybe they get a corner in return, whatever the case may be. I think the other precursor here to that sort of trade is somebody on this roster would have to probably step up as well because I think they're going to want that fourth player from that group on the team. So maybe Austin Allen, who is a player I really liked coming out of the draft as an undrafted free agent last year. He is a big dude. He's not anything near the same as what Josiah DeGuara is. They're two totally different players, but if they feel like, hey, we want to keep that guy around, that could make DeGuara expendable. Cameron McDonald, I think, can do some of some of the same things that you know Josiah DeGuara does. He's younger, a little bit cheaper. That could be another player if he has a very nice training camp or preseason that they look to keep and maybe go with the younger player in that situation. Or maybe Henry Pearson, the fullback. Maybe he just does some of that stuff better than Josiah DeGuara. You could make the argument that, hey, we're not really going to use Josiah DeGuara as a tight end because we want Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave and you know, maybe even Tyler Davis to do that stuff. We don't really need him as an H-back because we want Tucker Craft to do that stuff. And you know what? If he's just going to be used as a fullback, 
You know who might be better? The actual fullback, Henry Pearson. And he has a lot to prove. I can't give you anything legitimate on Henry Pearson to say like, yeah, he should make the team. But if he has a really nice training camp and they just feel like he's better at that one thing, maybe he's a better special teamer than Josiah DeGuara, then Josiah DeGuara could find himself on the way out as well. And if it just takes one team to be semi-interested in a player like that, to give some sort of conditional seventh, that's another player who could ultimately be on that list. Same thing for Rudy Ford. You just look at the depth at safety and Green Bay is going to have a numbers issue at some point. They got Darnell Savage. They got Rudy Ford. They got Tavarius Moore. They got Jonathan Owens. They got Anthony Johnson Jr., Innis Gaines, Dallin Levitt. They're not keeping seven of those guys. They're just not. So they're going to have to make some decisions. Now, the issue here is like none of these guys are locks. Darnell Savage is the closest just because of his contract where he's probably almost assuredly going to be on the team. But everyone else is like, yeah, they could make it, but they could get cut as well. You don't have really even starting caliber players here. But if they feel like Rudy Ford is sort of the odd man out, maybe Tervarius Moore wins that starting spot opposite Darnell Savage. Maybe they feel very comfortable with Jonathan Owens and Anthony Johnson Jr. backing them up. Dallin Levitt's going to be a core special team here. Maybe they still really like Ennis Gaines, whatever that may be. They might feel like, hey, like, Maybe the difference between, you know, Jonathan Owens and Rudy Ford isn't all that great, but some team knowing that Rudy Ford can be a core special teamer for them and a solid backup safety on a super cheap deal, maybe some team is willing to part with a seventh round pick for that at the end of uh, training camp. So that could be one to keep an eye on as well if the other safeties step up and some team would be willing to offer something for him. Now, remember just last year, he ends up getting released by the Jaguars. Now he had a little bit of a higher contract, basically double the contract that he did, um, right now, a season ago with Jacksonville, but they could not find any takers before waving him and Green Bay ultimately claiming him. So the odds of finding a taker there a year later may not be as good, but again, he is on about half the size of the contract that he was last year as well. The next group is what I will call the Cole Van Lannen, Kadar Holloman special, where you look at Kadar Holloman and Cole Van Lannen going into the the final cutdowns. And if you'd have told me that Green Bay was able to trade those players, I, I would have been like, there is no way. You're just not finding it. And I can't remember off the top of my head if, if uh, Kadar Holloman was end of training camp or if he was, I think he was, but maybe it was a trade deadline deal, whatever. They got... Uh, both of those, they, they got legitimate draft picks in return for Cole Van Landen and Kadar Hallman out of nowhere. And both of those picks paid off. Like they, they, it wasn't conditional. They got legitimate, I think, seventh round picks for both of those players. So is a Shamar John Charles, a player who went in the fifth round. Like, I don't think there's value out there for Jamar John Charles, but I didn't think there'd be value for Kadar Hallman or Cole Van Lannan either. It just takes one team to ultimately feel like, hey, we really like that guy coming out of the draft. Let's bring him into the building and see if we can make something out of him. We'll give a seventh or a conditional seventh for a player like that. Jonathan Garvin is another one. He might be seventh or eighth on the depth chart at edge rusher right now for Green Bay, depending on where Brenton Cox and Ladarius Hamilton are on the depth chart. But I think he's right there with both of those players, depending on when Rashawn Gary is able to come back from injury. But if Gary's back and they like even, you know, Brenton Cox, maybe even Ladarius Hamilton a little bit more, which I wouldn't be shocked if they did, like Garvin might be eighth on the depth chart. But here's the thing, former seventh round pick, He's played a pretty decent amount of snaps in this league already. He is still super young and teams are desperate for edge players. So that would be a player that I think there could be an appetite for. Now, I've said for like three off seasons in a row, I can't imagine how Jonathan Garvin makes the 53-man roster. So here we go again, part three, and somehow he'll probably make the 53-man roster again. But if they are ready to move on, it wouldn't be totally shocking if some team was willing to part with some sort of conditional seventh round pick for him. And then the other is Sean Ryan. 
Ryan had an awful season a year ago that, you know, he was nowhere near the rotation. He ends up getting suspended. He's not looked great, in my opinion, so far in the offseason program, had an awful hold on one specific play. Like, at some point, it's great that you were a top 100 pick, but if you're just not good enough and Green Bay has a lot of players on that offensive line that are better than him right now, you just go in a different direction. And it would be surprising if there wasn't some team, if there wasn't some team out there, maybe it's a complete rebuilding team. You know, maybe it's the Cardinals, maybe it's the Texans, some team that's expected to be really bad. Like, do you want to take some sort of flyer on a former top 100 pick from just a season ago to see if he fits in your system, maybe just a little bit better, and you can get something out of him. There, I guarantee you there were some team, uh, multiple teams probably, who also had top 100 grades on him. And if that's the case, just one year removed, you're willing to give up a seventh round pick or something like that to be able to get him in your in your system and just see like, hey, can we fix this guy? And so that would not be totally surprising to me either. That's one of sort of those classic change of scenery, you know, trades. Maybe there's another, you know, top 100 pick from a season ago that's massively struggling for their team. And maybe Green Bay just makes that swap earlier in the training camp to be like, hey, you try to fix Sean Ryan. We'll try to fix your guy and see if we can make something out of either of these players. That wouldn't surprise me either. I know a lot of people don't want to give up on Sean Ryan. I liked his tape coming out a lot. I don't know. I it's It's been a struggle for him and Green Bay could just cut bait a little bit sooner than expected, which they've been known to do. They're, they give almost everyone that first year, their rookies, like they keep everyone their first year. If things don't work out, they've been aggressive after that, whether it's been trading away Cole Van Landon or Kadar Hallman, whether it's cutting um, Kamal Martin, you know, right? Whether it's cutting, you know, uh, Amari Rogers eventually last year. Like you, you get into that second year and you don't show improvement, they don't care if you were a third round pick a la Amari Rogers. They'll cut you, they'll cut bait or trade, whatever they need to do to move on in some of those situations. And then last but not least, might be the one that's actually the least likely, although it probably isn't a player that you're expecting. And that's Tyler Goodson. And the, the category I would put this in is like, what if they just ball out in preseason and they catch some other team's eye and some other teams like, we we would love to have that guy. And the situation where you could see it happening is they, Jones is there, Dylan's there. And we know that Brian doesn't like cutting his draft picks, which Lou Nichols was a seventh round pick. So maybe they're just set on going with Nichols and Dylan and Jones this upcoming season. But Goodson looks awesome in preseason. Some other team comes calling and says, hey, we'll give you a sixth or seventh round pick for Tyler Goodson. And Goody's like, okay. The reason I think this might be the hardest one to actually see come to fruition is if he just balls out in preseason and is really, really good, if you're Green Bay, don't you like just really want to keep that player? Because Jones and his contract are getting to the point where you may need to move on at next season or at least the season after that at the latest. Like Dylan might be gone in free agency next year. If he beats out Lou Nichols, who cares that Lou Nichols was a late seventh round pick of one of your, you know, bajillion, you know, draft picks from this season, like move on and just keep the better player. So like, I think if he's just that good, Green Bay just keeps him and maybe even looks at him as a potential starting running back next season if he's that good. Um, and like the only way that there's trade value for him is if he's that good. So it, it's a, it's hard to find a path where he's so good that he catches another team's eye that they're willing to trade draft picks for a former undraftable player that Green Bay just cut a season ago. And he plays that good and Green Bay's willing to actually part with him, right? So that is a very, very thin and narrow line that is probably tough to come to fruition. But that's another one if they just really like Jones, Dylan, and maybe Lou Nichols or Patrick Taylor, maybe they would be willing to take something on for him in return. So that is my entire list. David Bakhtiari, Yash Nyman, Darnell Savage, A.J. Dillon, Pat O'Donnell, Josiah DeGuara, Rudy Ford, Shamar Jean-Charles, Jonathan Garvin, Sean Ryan, and Tyler Goodson. Those 11 players could, if the right situation hits, 
could be potentially tradable through the remainder of this offseason, more particularly and specifically probably around that cutdown date. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all-new episode, joined once again by the great uh, Perry Goldstein and Alex Strofe, so make sure to check that out. But until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.